Hi everyone, welcome back to Nomad's Vault. This is our second episode. Uh, I'm joined once again by my friend, the Soapbox Hero. Hello everyone. Thanks for having me back, Cleo. Of course. What do we have on the docket today? So today we're going to be talking about the Vonzi Conference. Okay. And a little bit of overview of the Holocaust. Um, so Vonzi is a suburb, if you will, of Berlin. And it's where SS leaders and Reich government leaders met to orchestrate the final solution. Okay. So a little bit of background first. Hitler became the chancellor in January of 1933. He was appointed chancellor by President Paul von Hindenburg. Mm -hmm. And then after Paul von Hindenburg got sick and died, Hitler had worked the law a little bit so that he became the leader of Germany Okay. at the time. People wonder when Hitler really started the process of eliminating the Jews in Germany. An indication of that is that Dachau, the concentration camp, was set up in March of 1933. So that's only two months after he became chancellor, mm -hmm. before President von Hindenburg even died. The Nuremberg race laws were another big part of the process. So the, what the race laws were, were a set of laws written by the Reich government, by Hitler's government, determining what part in society Jews could partake in. Mm -hmm. uh, it banned marriages between Germans, people of, of pure German blood, and Jewish blood. It determined who was mixed blood Jew and who was a genetic Jew, as they called it, and who was a pure blood Jew. This whole topic, it's a big one because of how the Germans treated Jews how they treated an entire ra an, an entire group of people as common enemies. It's really quite disturbing how they did this. So they, they set up these Nuremberg race laws and essentially cut the Jew out of, out of German society. This was setting the stage for later on when they would determine, based on these laws and based on rewriting of these laws, these are the ones that are subject to, they called it evacuation. They wouldn't even use the word killing or extermination they called it evacuation so with this law <coughs> when was this law put into place it was first put into place september 15th 1935 okay so he builds the concentration camps in 1933 the first concentration the first one yep right so yep. before 1933 where did jews stand with germans like just well, honestly in the in the 19 early 1900s from from 1900 to World War II, anti-Semitism was common across the world. The United States were anti-Semitic as well at that period of time. That's interesting. So everyone just kind of... They didn't like the Jews, period. No one liked the Jews. So even though they were living in Germany, but they were hated. So how, I mean, how would you get about, like, how would you accomplish anything it was hard. if everyone hated you? It was hard. Uh, most of the Most of the commerce and everything for Jews were between them and other Jews. Mm -hmm. and it, so I like mean, a network. Right. Anti-Semitism extends all the way back to, like, the Crusades. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jews have been, Jews have been hated and per persecuted for centuries, and the early 1900s was just a culmination of, of all of this, trying to figure out how to get Jews out completely. So why did everyone hate the Jews? Because they killed Christ. That was the basis of it. So they've been holding on to it that was, it was for a yes. long time. yes. Anti-Semitism really came about because of the Catholic Church back in the 1200s, back during the Crusades. 
and even a little bit before the Crusades. And it was spread by the Catholic Church because it was the Christian authority, if you will, of the world at that point in time. It was the largest church, mm-hmm. a huge percentage of the of So the population. they tried to squash the Jews early. Way back when, yep. they were trying to squash that. During like, the Crusades. We want to be the only religion. Yep. So we're going to knock. Like, this is like T-Mobile over here. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're Verizon. Like, we don't want that competition. we got to try to. That's yep. wild. Okay. Yep. That's correct. And so that's that's the motivation for, for Hitler, even, is he's carrying that hate that was propagated by In addition the to Catholic personal Church. hate that he had against Jews. Why was he personally hating Jews? When he was in art school and shortly after art school, he he was not the initial founder of the Nazi party. He mm-hmm. was one of the main founders, but he was actually asked by the army to spy on, and I can't remember his name. He didn't last for very long, to spy on one of the kind of up-and-coming leaders of the Nazi party. And heard what he was saying about the Jews. The Jews are taking our job. It's the same kind of things that we hear about Mexicans in our country now. Mm. Oh, they're coming in. They're taking all our jobs. They're screwing up our economy. They're they're living off the government and X, Y, and Z. That's what people were saying about the Jews back in Germany at this point in time mm. in, in the 1920s, 1930s. So Where were they coming from? The Jews? Yeah. So, because like, it's not like with Mexicans, like they're coming from Mexico. It's not mm-hmm. like there's like a, you know. Israel didn't even exist at this point in time. Right. It wasn't a, it wasn't a nation. So, so where were they coming in from? They were just there. They were part of the society already. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The Jews have been displaced for centuries. They they've never really had a home. Hmm. So Hitler personally blamed the Jews for for the decline of German society. Because okay. this is this is post World War One, the Versailles Treaty really crippled Germany. It only allowed them to have X number of soldiers. They had to pay immense reparations to the rest of the world, especially France, for the devastation caused during World War One. So the Versailles Treaty really actually kind of played into Hitler's rise as well. He used that, and he used. German nationalism, mm-hmm. which is what the Nazi party is, is the, the National Socialist Party. And then he used the Jews as kind of the scapegoat for all of these ideologies. The Jews are doing this. we got to get rid of the Jews. Hmm. Okay. So, Nuremberg race laws go into effect. In 35. In 35, yep. And then Germany invades Poland September... So before we get that far, yeah, yeah. So thirty-three, they make the camp. He makes one camp, right? And the old president's still alive. Yep. But was he like sick in thirty-three? Yeah, he was old. Okay, so that's why he could do this behind his back, and like he didn't even even find out it happened. Yep. Okay. So who did he convince to do it then? Like, cause he wasn't the Nazis. Was he big? Was he? I mean, he was pretty popular in thirty-three. At at that point in time, he was the leader of the Nazi party. Okay, so yep, he had so plenty of people that would go do he, something. Yes, like this he part. had the he had the uh, Sturmabteilung, I think is how they pronounce how they say it. Sturmabteilung, which are the stormtroopers, the SA. Okay. So they were the military militarized branch of the Nazi party. They were, they were the brown shirts, the ones that would go break up communist meetings or uh, democratic meetings or things like that. They would uh, they were responsible for. Kristallnacht, 
which is the Night of Broken Glass, which was a nationwide pogrom. A uh, how do I explain pogrom? Have you ever seen Sailor Moon Eve? No, I'm not cultured. Okay. Uh, basically, the brown shirts went in and busted up a whole bunch of Jewish stores and killed like 71 Jews, something like that, 91 Jews, and broke their stores, burned their synagogues, burned their homes, and it was it was like domestic terrorism. It's a big hate crime. Yep, exactly. Exactly. They do it every year. Mm-hmm. Man, that'd be a crazy, yep. crazy world to live in. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. So there was the SA, which were the militarized branch, and then there was the SS, the Schutzstaffel, and you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. They were, at this time, they were Hitler's personal bodyguards. Right. And there a- were in only 33. In 33 and 35. They were, there were only about 300 of them. Um, and they eventually, I mean, we'll talk about it, but they eventually grew into this big, giant organization. Right, right. All right, so he takes his, his followers in mm-hmm. 33 to build one concentration camp. So at that yep. point, he already knew what he was going to do. Yes. He yeah, it's pretty obvious. Okay. Yep. So and it was a, it was a huge part of Mein Kampf, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, j- personal like journal, if you will, he wrote when he was in prison. Right. When was he in prison? Nineteen. Was it what was it? Nineteen twenty something. What did he go to prison for? Uh, that's actually another topic that I will cover. But oh. it was it was right. uh it was called the Beer Hall Putsch. Hit me the cliff notes. Okay, so it was it was an attempted coup against the the previous the previous government. Okay, and so they put him in jail for yeah, how long? So they put him in jail for five years. Comes out, and while he was there, he wrote Mein Kampf. Comes out, and then he's able to take become control. the chancellor. Yeah, he take it, real quick. It's crazy if you really dive into the rise of Hitler. There were so many opportunities where someone could have stopped it. Right. Right. <clears throat> But he was so charismatic right. and so able to get to the German people through their nationalist pride and say, you know, Germans are a strong people. Germans are Germans have always been a strong people. We've never been conquered, and you know, we need to take back our we need to take back our country and make it great again. Right. Interesting. Okay, so thirty five, they they make this this law that ma- basically makes Jews like less than animals. Right. Okay. Second class. Well, second class is it. Sure. <coughs> Takes their rights away. They're still allowed to practice their religion. Right. Sort of. But they can't marry Germans, and they're classified based on how much Jew is in them. Right. So a person with three Jewish grandparents would be considered full-blood Jew, and then someone with two would be considered two, one Jewish parent or, or, I'm sorry, grandparent. One Jewish grandparent or two Jewish grandparents would be considered a mixed-race Jew. So mixed-race Jews were only allowed to marry Germans in specific circumstances, and they had to have permission from the government. Because they weren't completely <coughs> Jews, so they might have some good in them. Right. That's, that's, dude, that's wild. Which doesn't last long. Right. So anyway, so that was 35. That was 35. Poland. Okay. Invasion of Poland, September 1st, 1939. Okay, so it took four years after establishing <coughs> them by yep. law. Which was all pretty much spent building the army back up. So part of the Versailles Treaty was you can't have any tanks, planes, right. ships. You can only have 30,000 soldiers or something like that. And during this whole time, that between 1935 and 1939, Hitler increased the strength of the army. He started building planes. He started building tanks and autos and subs. And subs, yep, U-boats and things like that. Yeah. 
he was able to take the line land, which is which is it's it's kind of a strip of land between Germany and France. Okay. So it's in France now, but at that time it was kind of contested. For a long time it was part of Germany, and then for a long time it was part of France. So he goes in there and Great Britain says, "Hey, you can't do that." And he says, "Come come stop me." Right. And no one does anything because they're all so scared of getting into World War Two. Right, right. No one wants to do anything about it. So Hitler's military is allowed to expand, and he's he's basically allowed to be unopposed. Mm-hmm. So he uses that opportunity to build a military up, and then in 1939 he invades Poland. Okay. And that was the official start of World War Two, and that's when um, England and France declared war, actually. And initially, he actually had Hitler had a treaty a peace a peace treaty with stalin Mm -hmm. their initial plan was to conquer all of eastern europe and then split it between germany and russia Mm -hmm. which didn't last very long after hitler invaded russia yeah (coughs) so this conference when was the conference the conference was in actually 1942 okay so So three years after poland yep three years after poland so before we get there the Gestapo started killing Jews. They mm-hmm. started killing mass groups of Jews. The Gestapo was Gestapo was the military police. Okay. Yeah, because the Gestapo was the military police, the militarized police, not the military police, but the mm-hmm. militarized police. They killed three thousand at Kovno in Lithuania. Lithuania. They killed thirty-four thousand at Babi Yar outside Kiev in Ukraine. They killed thirteen thousand from the Minsk ghetto. So at this point, the ghettos are already being established and they're being herded into ghettos. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start pull, but <clears throat> the reason they started killing all these Jews was because the ghettos were getting overfull. So the the ghetto in Krakow and in in Warsaw were overfull. So Hitler sa- told the Gestapo, "Okay, stop pulling them out and shoot them." Which so they just rolled down there and just started just shooting people in the street. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they they pulled them out of the out of the ghettos and took them off in like the forest. Where no one could see what they were doing, mm-hmm. and just started yeah shooting them in the mass graves. At least it was discreet. That, yeah, that's what well, they to had say. To like they just roll yeah. in and they they understood from and that's why the Vanzi conference is so important is because they understood that the only way they could do this was to quote unquote make it legal. Mm-hmm. So they weren't they weren't at this point they weren't just going out. They, they denied it for years and years and years. I mean, they denied it all the way to the end of the war. And even today, there's people that deny that the Holocaust ever happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they'd pull these people out of the ghettos, take them off into the woods, and have them dig big trenches, dig big pits in the ground, and then just shoot them into How'd the How'd they know if they were, <coughs> they were Jews? Based on the Nuremberg Laws. Okay, so what were those? Like, what, what's a qualifying or, like? Yeah, yeah, the Nuremberg Laws. Uh, if you are... If you have three Jewish grandparents. Right, but, like, how are they going to know <coughs> if you do? Like, what sort of system? It's not like you're walking around with a sticker that says, I have three Jewish <coughs> grandparents. You know what I mean? Like, how did right. they know when they went into these places that these people were actually Jewish? Based on people's family histories. That's what I'm saying. So what kind of records did they have back then? Sort of, the sort of similar to ours. Like, I'm white. This person is of Mexican descent. This person is uh, of Filipino descent. They had the same kind of system. They, they had a, a census back then. And part of the census was your race. So they knew they the government had census records of who was a Jew and who wasn't. And where they lived and all that stuff. Yep. That was they already had those types of records yep. in the forties. Yep. Okay. Cool. So, so they look people go up. Back all the way back to Rome. 
Princesses go back a long way. Interesting. But yeah, they have pretty good records, so they they go round up all the Jews, and yeah, they they <laughs> they were real sneaky about everything they did. So the Jews didn't even know what was happening to them until they were already in the ghettos. Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew they were being rounded up into ghettos, and no one was happy about that. But like, they didn't understand that they were being systematically annihilated. Right, and then once they're in the ghettos, you start picking them off. Nobody outside the ghetto is going to know about it, right? Because they're not seeing them. Yep, that's interesting. Exactly. Okay, so they start doing that. Yep. So they kill the Gestapo kill about sixty thousand Jews starting in July sixth, nineteen forty one. After that, they re- they realized that this is expensive. Like that's that's a lot of bullets, sixty thousand, and I'm sure not every not every person is getting just one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were using machine guns and things like that. So they started looking into more effective ways of extermination, of evacuation of the people. They uh, started what was called the T4 Euthanasia Program, mm-hmm. and they were using it on people with physical or mental disabilities. So Jews weren't the only people that that Hitler wanted to exterminate. I mean, he went after the Roma, the gypsies. He went after people with mental or, or handicap. He was he was doing eugenics. Is mm-hmm. what he was doing. This was this was overall eugenics, trying to create a pure, strong Aryan bloodline. So the T four euthanasia p- program, which is where they uh, experimented with chemical uh, chemical killing, so like cyanics, uh, cyanide, and things like that. Mm-hmm and sterilization so castration things like that chemical castration then there were mobile gas vans that they tried out for a while they would load up jews into the back of these vans and some of them were marked with red crosses so people thought they were ambulances and they would reroute the exhaust into the back of the van and just run drive around and kill these people wow well that is more efficient it is it was very efficient and at this time is when Auschw- Auschwitz was built already. You've you've heard that name before, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of the kind of the pinnacle of concentration camps. It was huge. So Auschwitz was built at this time, and this is when when was this? Forty one. Forty. Yeah, Auschwitz was built in forty one. Okay. Um. And that's where all the gassing was, right? So they, they that was when they were no, they no? were do, they were doing the gassing in, in all over the place. No, I mean like so. I mean, oh, the the big gas chambers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was one of them. There were several killing camps. Dachau was a killing camp. Chelmno was a killing camp. Auschwitz was a killing camp. Birkenau was a killing camp. So when was the first killing camp built? Dachau, back in nineteen thirty three. Okay, so oh, but wow. they weren't killing people back then. What were they, they using? They were processing. They were they were experimenting. They were doing the T four stuff there, and they were uh, sterilizing and things like that. So nineteen forty one, nineteen forty two is about when they started. Nineteen forty one is when they started uh, building the gas chambers. This is when Dachau and Auschwitz became operational as killing camps. Okay. They built the chambers and they used a gas called Zyklon D, which was a cyanatic. I think that's how you say it, cyanatic, uh, essentially cyanide gas. 
through shower heads, mm-hmm. they would herd Jews into the. Sh- I mean, we know how they did this. Right. They would herd Jews into the showers. They would turn on the gas, and afterwards they'd go sterilize the room, get rid of the bodies, burn the bodies, everything like that. So that's when they started experimenting with it. And that's important to know that that happened in 1941 before the Wannsee Conference, because this is this is where we're getting right now is. 19, uh, the Wannsee Conference was originally supposed to happen on December 9th, 1941. Mm-hmm. December 7th, 1941 was the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and the United States declared war on Germany and Japan the next day. Well, no, the United States declared war on Japan, Germany declared war on the United States because they were going to invade Japan. Right. So the Wannsee Conference was pushed back to. January 20th, 1942. Now, the purpose of the conference was... Real quick, before we get to the conference. Yeah. yeah. So, from 1933 <clears throat> to 1941, Hitler's just going rogue. He's... He's doing He's all building these death camps. He's, like, actively just murdering people yep. on, a, on a pretty heavy level. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Nobody knows. He's hiding it. Nobody knows. There were Germans right at the end of the war that had no idea the concentration camps even existed. So how do you do that? How do you build death camps and keep it a secret while you're killing tens of thousands? That was one of his. That was one of his skills. Things there. The the media wasn't as big back then, mm-hmm. so it was hard for it was hard for news to travel and things like that. And a lot of the thi- like when when people would say things about these these camp well first off they were high like top secret only need to know people like the regular army didn't know about these things nothing like that just like if the CIA started like making death camps right. and o- I nobody, mean, theori- nobody would know theoretically they could be doing that right now we right know. yep interesting same, okay same kind of thing so for for so for all those years thirty three to forty one. Mm-hmm. He's doing whatever he wants. Nobody knows about it. Yep. He's getting away with mass murder. Yeah, getting, He's away, getting away with, with genocide. Yeah. yeah. So then Japan bombs Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. two days before he's supposed to have this conference. Right, right. Well, two days before the conference is supposed to happen. Right, right. Yep. Screws that up. Well, who was who was supposed to be in the conference? That's what we're getting to next. Right. Okay. <laughs> so. Hitler got with Goering, with uh, Hermann Goering, who mm-hmm. was the Reichsmarshal. He was kind of Hitler's second in command, mm-hmm. and said, "Tell the SS leaders and tell or tell Reinhard Heydrich, who was the leader of the SS at that point in time. He was uh, Heinrich Himmler's second in command. Mm-hmm. Said tell Himmler and tell Heydrich that." He is to get these specific people in a room, have a conference, and come up with an acceptable final solution to the Jewish question. Okay. So these are the people that were there. Okay. And I'll have to read off this list because there's a lot of names. Okay. But we'll go through these real quick. So Reinhard Heydrich was the chief of the RHSA, which was the SS, the the Schutzstaffel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Otto Hoffman was the head of race and resettlement main office. Heinrich Mueller was the Gestapo chief, so he was the head of the, the secret police, the Gestapo. That name sounds very familiar. Heinrich Mueller. Mm-hmm. 
he yeah we'll get into what happened to him uh carl shungarth was the sd commander which was the the military arm of the the ss um gerhard klopfer permanent secretary i have no idea what that is just another government title uh adolf eichmann that name should also sound mm-hmm. familiar. He was the head of the Gestapo subdepartment Referat 4B4, which was in, in charge of transportation of Jews, kind of kind of figuring the out how to The logistic guy. Yep, exactly, the logistics guy. And then Rudolf Lange, who was the comma- commandant of the SD in Latvia. In Latvia, they had a ton of Jews, mm-hmm. so that's why he was there. And you also have, from the, from the party, those are all SS officers. From the party, from the from the Nazi party, was George Lee Brandt, who was in the Ministry for Occupied Eastern Territories, so Poland, Belarus, Latvia, all of those places. Alfred Meyer, Ministry for Occupied Eastern Territories. Joseph Mueller, General Government, Polish. Another Mueller. Yeah, Bueller. Oh, okay. Bueller. Bueller. Paris. <laughs> yep. Uh, General Government, Polish Occupation Authority. Uh, so he was the he was the head of the government in occupied Poland. Uh, Roland Friesler, who was in the Ministry of Justice, William Wilhelm Stuckart, who was the uh, in the Interior Ministry. He was a lawyer, and he's actually one of the writers of the Nuremberg Laws, which is an important part of why he was there. Eric Neumann, who was in the Office of the Four-Year Plan, uh, Frederick Kritzinger. He was in the Reich Chancellery, so he worked directly for Goering. And then Martin Luther, who was in the Foreign Ministry. And this is not the same Martin Luther who went and nailed the things on the church door and started Lutheranism. Hmm. <coughs> and it's not obviously not Martin right. Luther King. So those that's who was there. Now these are all So it's all his own <coughs> people. Yep. It's all it's heads of the internal government. internal government meeting about how can we put an end to yep. Jews. Yep, and they were all, all from agencies in the government that were directly responsible responsible for the administration of the Jews throughout the throughout the Reich. I mean, that sounds li- almost uh, with the picture that's been painted here, almost like a reasonable meeting. Yeah. I mean. This group of people that's been hated and persecuted and not really, you know, acknowledged for so many years, but they're still just hanging around Mm -hmm. in in everyone's country. Like, it's a wild time, man. If you put yourself in their their place and you you bring yourself to believe the Jews are what they were saying they were, if you're just a regular Joe on the street— who was listening to this charismatic nationalist leader, yeah, it'd it'd be pretty easy to convince people that Jews are evil. Yeah, well, with the history, too. I mean, again, that's something that's been (coughs) pushed for years and years and years. That's crazy. Yep. So they meet at Lanzig, and it's this really big, nice house. It's actually open as a museum now, as as a Holocaust museum now. Heydrich summons all these people to the meeting, and they sit down and they begin s- discussing the final solution. Mm-hmm. So they play around with a few different ideas. First off, not everyone in the government knew that the killings were going on. So not everyone at this meeting knew that the killings were happening? Nope. Nope. So they were all brought 
that was brought to light at this meeting, then they all found out? Or they still didn't know even after this meeting? No, they, they, they knew after the meeting, but it was never explicitly this, they used language. It wasn't explicitly. They weren't. They didn't explicitly say we're going to kill all the Jews. They never said that. But that was the purpose of the meeting. Well, the purpose of the meeting was to find a solution. A solution doesn't necessarily mean extermination of the whole population. They were thinking it meant okay. Well, where are we going to deport these people? Mm-hmm. We got to send them like to Russia. Their their initial plan was send them all east. Send all the Jews east. Give them to Russia. Let them deal with them. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be easier just like cut them off a little piece of land and like give them their own little you area? You would think. You know what I mean? You would think. I mean, that's kind of what ended up happening anyway with the formation of Israel. Hmm. Anyway, so it's no, 1942. They're having a meeting about what what the heck can we what do, do we about do with the these Jews? Jews? There are so many Jews. We and have nobody, everybody worldwide doesn't like Jews. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The United States turned down Jewish refugees from Germany. They said, no, you can't come here. Hmm. We don't want you here. Well, it seems that we have a history of turning down any refugees. Yeah. Because we don't really want anybody here. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, <coughs> 42, they're having this meeting. Yep. So they're discussing, we, we've, got, we've got 11 million Jews that we've got to do something with. And, and more coming every day. We're rounding up all these Jews. We're putting them in ghettos. The ghettos are overflowing. The deportations are not going like we thought they were, which is where the SS leaders stand up and say, okay, well, here's some options. We could force sterilize every Jew, right? right. Chemically castrate every Jew so they can't reproduce anymore. We just wait for this generation to die off. Or we already have we've, – we've already experimented with evacuation methods. Language is very important in this meeting because remember the purpose of the meeting is to make yourself make the killings legal mm-hmm. without admitting that they're doing these killings. Because right. they know they know in the end if they lose the war that they'll all be tried for war crimes. Right, right. Okay. So they, they told everybody they're experimenting with gas chambers. Yep. And the mobile gas vans and they take a vote. They they go the meeting took three hours. Which doesn't seem like a lot really for n- deciding to exterminate an entire race of people. It took three hours. What were all the the options they had to choose from? How to make deportations more effective. So, like, truly getting rid of them, like just yep. shipping them somewhere. Yep. So, option A was let's bust them out of here. Yep. Problems with that is they didn't want to deport all these. At this point, they were at war with Russia. Mm-hmm. They were at war with uh, the Soviet Union. So they didn't want to deport them to the Soviet Union anymore because they didn't want to give them more manpower, more more labor force, more soldiers, more everything like that who would come back and want revenge against Germany for displacing them. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't go with that option. Mm-hmm. Next option was the forced sterilization. That again came That's a quick option B, man. That's, that's yeah. wildly drastic. That's basically killing them too. You're not able to have any more – Right. Kids. Right. This is why this, this topic is so intense is because yeah, that's with wild. the absolute lack of respect for human life was astounding. Um, Option A, get rid of them. Option B, sterilize them. Can't have any more yep. of them. Option C, kill them all. Not everyone Speed was, up the timeline. Yep, not everyone was on board with that. There were several members, especially from the party, that were 
appalled at the idea of Stuttgart and uh, Fritzinger in particular were appalled at the idea of exterminating the Jews. Stuttgart wanted to sterilize them, so he wasn't a good guy or anything like that. (laughs) He's no hero. No, absolutely not. But they didn't want, they, they, they were appalled at the idea of exterminating an entire race of people. In the end, with uh, with Heydrich's uh, intimidation and fear tactics, mm-hmm. because he was the he was Himmler's number two in the SS, and the SS and the Gestapo at that point were mil- a military branch that could make party officials disappear if they wanted to. Right. So they essentially forced them all to agree to it. Wrote it all down. Everyone got a copy of the minutes from the meeting. And the minutes from the meeting, I was able to pull those up and read those. It's disgusting. It's really horrible. I mean, they talk about them like they're cattle. So they all get a copy of the minutes of the meeting. The transcript is destroyed. Uh, they're they're covering their tracks at this point because now, okay, we've we've made this we've made this legal because mm-hmm. the, the the government has decided otherwise. So they destroy everything. The only copy that survived the war was Martin Luther's copy. Every other copy was destroyed. So at this point, Wannsee is over. The, the conference is over, and the final solution has been agreed upon. So that's when the mass deportations started happening. Reinhard Heydrich was assassinated later that year, like a few months later, and Adolf Eichmann stepped in, and was, which is why Eichmann is kind of accepted as the the architect of the final solution, along with Himmler, people kind of forget that Heydrich was there as well, and, and uh, Eichmann was Himmler was Heydrich's uh, kind of go-to guy. Mm-hmm. But after after Heydrich is assassinated by Czechs in uh, what was Czechoslovakia at the time, uh, Eichmann takes control and he starts deporting. 60,000, 100,000 here and there. Uh, he empties the Warsaw ghetto. He empties the Riga ghetto. The, uh, most of the killings happen in Poland. So Auschwitz is not in Germany. It's actually in Poland. Mm-hmm. So he starts deporting. So he would bring like a group of Gestapo, mm-hmm. round up and all SS. these people, just yep. force them out of their homes, <coughs> throw them into a truck or something. A train. But yeah. I mean like, well, I mean the train doesn't go up to everybody's house. No, no, yeah. Throw them, I mean like throw them in a truck, take them down to the train station, load them into the cars. At gunpoint. At gunpoint. Yep. So then at what point? So that that started happening in 42. Mm-hmm. February? Uh, Jan- January was the conference. March 27th was when the uh, deportations to Aus- Auschwitz started happening. Okay. When did the war start? 1939. Well, I mean, like, but when did we start fighting... With Germany, because weren't we? We were just fighting Japan, right? Weren't we going after Japan? We got Germany declared war on us the day after we declared war mm-hmm. on Japan. Right. We started in the European. We well, we started sending pilots over in '41. Normandy uh, Operation Overlord mm-hmm. D-Day happened in 1944, but we were involved in the European theater. Starting in 1942, 
which indicates to me that this is kind of a reason why they started, like, they were kind of freaking out. Like, what do we do with all these Jews? we got to get rid of them all mm-hmm. because now the Americans are involved and we kicked their asses in World War One. They were afraid that we were going to do it again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we started in the, we started fighting Japan in 1941 after Pearl Harbor. So we started fighting in North Africa uh, in 1941. Mm-hmm. Our, our European campaign was a little slower going because we had to go through the Mediterranean. We couldn't go through, like, we couldn't go through Russia. Russia wouldn't allow that. So we had to go through North Africa, up through Sicily, through Italy. Our first target was Mussolini. Mm-hmm. So it's safe to say our involvement in World War II really wasn't sparked or involved at all with this this side of what was with, happening with Germany, Germany. Yeah. no yeah but uh, but it's interesting cuz i knew that but it's interesting that like that's not something that's really discussed in fact i feel like when i learned this stuff <coughs> in school they really tied those two things together like oh world war 2 is the holocaust we had to stop we had to stop hitler like that i feel like right. that's the picture that's painted until you really look into it and we weren't the heroes we weren't going in there to no. save those people it was too co- it was a coincidence that he was doing that um and that we happened to yep yep and we d- we didn't even liberate auschwitz right the russians liberated auschwitz we liberated uh dachau but yeah we our involvement in the european theater really started in 1944 june 6 1944 mm-hmm. which was d day and then the war ended April of 1945. So we really only fought the Germans in North Africa, in Italy, and on mainland European soil. Uh, well, I guess Italy is mainland Europe, but in France and Germany for not even a year. Hmm. Yep, we weren't we weren't as involved with the European theater as people like to think. Most of most of our war was honestly in the Pacific, because that lasted the entire time, and the Japanese didn't surrender until significantly after Germany surrendered. Mm-hmm. I think we dropped the bombs in September of '45, so we continued fighting the Japanese for another six months after Germany surrendered. Hmm. It's a different picture than what you're, you know, what, what you may have been to. given yeah. before, right? So what else you got? Oh man, Th- I mean that that about wraps it up for Vonzi. That's the Vonzi. Yep, that's Vonzi. Um, after Vonzi was mass deportations, uh, and then death marches at the end of the war. So there was a death march from Auschwitz in 1945, and a death march from Stutthof in 1945. And what's a death march? Uh, they took out 60,000, 50,000, 60,000 and 50,000 Jews respectively, and just marched them. Marched them off. They had no no place in particular they were going. They just marched them until they're gone. They just made them walk until they couldn't walk? Mm-hmm. Yep. That was it. They would ride in trucks and make all the Jews walk until they started dropping and torn them up. They were just trying to get rid of them any way they could. At that point, at that point the war was almost over. Right. I mean... The United States and, and England and France had had broken through and were in Germany at this point, so they were just they were emptying the 
really what they were trying to do was get all the Jews out of the concentration camps. They didn't, they didn't want evidence that they were the war crimes. Yeah, they didn't want evidence that they were exterminating Jews. Hmm. So they just took them out and they marched and marched and marched them until they died. And then liberation of Auschwitz was January 27th, 1945, and liberation of Dachau was April 29th, 1945. Hitler committed suicide April 30th, 1945. Allegedly. Allegedly. I think he did. Do you want to hear what happened to all these people after the after the war? Uh, sure. All right. So Heydrich, we know, was assassinated. He mm-hmm. was assassinated in 1942. Uh, Otto Hoffman was arrested for war crimes. He was sentenced to 25 years. He served six. <laughs> he worked as business clerk until he died in 1982. Where? Uh, in the United States, if you can believe that. I believe I, – I, I, it wouldn't <coughs> surprise me if half of these names ended up in the United States. There's Several of them did. Yeah. Uh, Heinrich Mueller. Yeah, there we go. He was last seen in Hitler's bunker the day he allegedly committed suicide. I believe I believe he committed suicide, but – like we've said before, we can't prove it, so who knows? <laughs> uh, he was last seen there, and he hasn't been seen since. We never caught him. Um, Carl Schungarth, he was convicted by a British court for a terror program without a higher authority, and he was executed in February of 1946. So there's one dude. Uh, Gerhard Klopfer, arrested for war crimes and released due to lack of evidence. Okay. Adolf Eichmann, his story is really interesting, and I'm going to cover that in another episode as well. He he escaped Germany, he escaped to Argentina, and then he was captured and taken back to Israel, and this was actually Israel's first death penalty case in the since the nation was formed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the very first time they tried a death, death sentence case, a death penalty case, was Adolf Eichmann, who was responsible for right. the final solution. It's pretty it's a pretty wild story. He denied it until the very, very, very end. Um there's a couple there's a couple of really good movies that I'll tell you here at the end that you should go watch. They're pretty fascinating, especially if you like history. Um Rudolf Lange was killed in Poland in action, nineteen forty three. Uh George Liebrandt was arrested for war crimes due to lack of evidence, and he died in 1982. Uh, Dr. Alfred Meyer committed suicide in the spring of 1945, so he didn't want to get caught and tried for war crimes. Sounds like that was a mistake because everybody else was getting off for lack of evidence. Yeah. And he might have got away with it and lived through the 80s too. That's freaking nuts. Uh, Joseph Mueller was arrested and convicted of crimes against the Polish people. He was executed in Krakow by the Poles in 1948, so he didn't even last three years after after the war ended. Hmm. Uh, Roland Friesler was killed in an air raid in Berlin in 1945. William Sh- Wil- Wilhelm Stuckart was arrested for war crimes. He was sentenced in 1949, time served, so he was arrested in 1945. He w- in 49, he was sentenced to time served, and then he died in a traffic accident in 1953, four years later. Seems like really, like... <laughs> really light on the punishment Yeah, so well, some people criminals. get it really light, and other people just get killed. Like, whether we're going to execute you, or we're just going to call it good. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal I may that have you to, were involved. I may have to dive into the Nuremberg 
trials a little bit. I, I know a little bit about them, but this is where they tried all of the work in and everything like that. So now you do need to look into that because that would be something I'd be interested in. Yep. A lot reviewing. of a lot of them. It, what it kind of what it seems to me, and I'm not sure if this is true, but some of them were better at covering their tracks than others, or some of them were more involved than others. Yeah, I don't know. Because they were, I mean, they were tried by tribunalists, like they were tried tried by panels of judges and things like that. So I'm not, I don't understand how they could have gotten that far. Well, I mean, unless it's, <laughs> I mean, unless it was designed for them to be able to get off. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's weird, but you, you should look into maybe who the people actually were mm-hmm. that were in charge of making the decisions, and maybe where where their influences came from. Because that just seems super fishy, like, of these people that were in this meeting mm-hmm. where they decide to do this thing, like, oh, well, Several we, don't, we can't prove that you were, like, your involvement. Like, they were in the meeting where they decided right. to, to kill all these people. Right. Yeah, it does seem strange. Yeah. Uh, a huge part of how they were able to convict the people they did convict in this meeting were based off the transcripts. Right, so which was his name? Had Martin Luther. Yeah, Martin Luther's transcript. Yeah. So he's the only dummy that didn't destroy it. Then everybody could have potentially gotten off. Yep, everyone could have denied that, that was that was a key Martin piece Luther, of evidence. Martin Luther, SOB. Funny thing that happened to him. Well, not funny. It was horrible. But <laughs> he was actually <laughs> funny thing. Well, really devastatingly horrible. You, you hate, you're gonna hate it. I mean, it's, I it's hate brutal. I hate Martin Luther. So. Well, really, you should you should like Martin Luther because he's the dude that was basically the rat. Yeah. He's he's the one that held on to all the the evidence. That's true. Without he him, was, none of these people would have gotten their due. He was sent to a concentration camp. Oh, sweet! And died in a concentration camp because he was conspiring against the Ribbentrop, his superior. <laughs> so he got sent with the Jews. Yep. And died uh, died with the Jews. Died uh, died of a heart attack in 1945. So then, how how did his transcripts get out then? Um, I don't know. If he died in forty five, well, they they f- they found them in forty five. The Nuremberg trials didn't happen until forty nine. Right, but when did the war end? Forty five, April of forty five. And he was killed when in forty five? He died in a concentration camp in forty five and and. Early forty-five. So before April, mm-hmm. so before the the war ended. So mm-hmm. I'm saying, who had his transcripts if he was dead before I the war no ended? No idea. I'm assuming it was like in his office or something like that, and someone just didn't find it. Because when the Allies went into Germany, they they found all sorts of documentation. Well, you would think if you're going to send this dude who was conspiring against you, would you you'd sure probably clear you'd out his office. Yeah. Not just in case. We'll, we'll keep his desk the way that he right. left it because he was a nice guy. He was conspiring against his yeah. own leadership. Yeah. Or maybe he had it. That just seems sloppy, man. Maybe he had it in his personal, like at his home or something like that. But, but again, but like, again, dude, you you're, you're Nazis. Like, you're, you're rounding people up and putting them in backs of vans while you, like, kill them with carbon monoxide like mm-hmm. you're p- clearly not above breaking into somebody's house and taking their stuff right man that's incredibly sloppy yeah real sloppy <laughs> it's it was astounding to me that any records yeah that existed so there's a there's a movie you should watch it's called conspiracy it came out in 2001 hmm. it's uh kenneth branagh and stanley tucci and colin firth are the main main ones in it but it's about the von Zucker records 
Yeah, it's it's dramatized, so right. I didn't really use it as a as a source of research, but um, it kind of kind of interesting the picture that it paints of what happened at the conference. But okay. yeah, like they there was, I know for a fact that Eichmann was really. Uh, Eichmann and Heydrich were really careful about because Eichmann took the the notes and carefully doctored them after the conference was over. He mm-hmm. took all the notes and back to his office and he doctored them all so that anywhere someone accidentally mentioned like kill or mm-hmm. death or anything like that, it got changed to evacuation right, right. and changed all the legal. So you know they were super careful. With this documentation, the uh, so I wonder why send everyone like that was in the meetings with documentation. They were why supposed to. That? They were supposed to share it with their superiors and then destroy it, and no one was supposed to see them except them. It's a top secret document. Hmm. Well, that was a really interesting story, man. Yeah, yeah. Did you like that one? I did. Cool. Hope you guys liked it too. Yep. That was the Vonzi conference. That was the Vonzi conference. So hopefully here in a couple of weeks we'll have another episode out for you guys. The plan at this point is to cover the American serial killer Ed Kemp- Kemper. You ever heard of Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer? I think well only in the context of you telling me that we're going to do it. Right. So so that'll be actually no, the next episode will be with Stoic. Which I'm still waiting for logistics. So join us <laughs> So maybe not. Maybe yeah. we'll be doing. Join us next. Join us next time for either Ed Kemper or the Stoics, cool. depending on what we're able to get done. This is Nomad's Vault. This is Nomad's Vault. Thanks for watching. Appreciate it, guys. First kind of started. Okay. First started, not right. first kind of started. First started. Cool. There we go. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. Uh. <laughs>